Happy New Year. I have had so many conversations with leaders and church attendees who really want to go back to, quote, normal. But the reality is we are not going back. So now what? What are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your year? Thanks for tuning in to Church Public. Let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back to Church Public. Happy New Year. I hope you celebrated. I hope you had an excellent time with friends and family wherever you are and whatever was going on around you in this world. We continue to look at the intersection of faith and culture here at Church Public. What is going on in the world? What is going on in God's kingdom? And how do those interact? And what can you do as someone who is interested in these things? What can you do as a person who is interested in God and following God? And and we're talking about that. We're going to keep talking about it this year. We have some new and hopefully exciting things coming this year in how we present this information and how we're going to be growing this platform. At any rate, today we are talking about new. We're talking about new things. What are you doing that is new? Or are you terrified of what is new? I've talked to a lot of people, again, as I mentioned at the beginning, that many people are really excited to go back to, quote, normal. They have good expectations that everything's going to get back to normal at some point in 2021. And over and over and over, as I'm having conversations with them and kind of making them more aware of changes that have happened, changes that are going to happen this year, people realize we're not going back to normal. There, there is no more normal. And I personally hate this phrase, the new normal. It just is. Life, life is what it is. We've gone through a bunch of changes this year. And that's not all bad. There are changes that we're going to see. There are amplifications, ramifications of things, and we're going to have to deal with them. So we're going to talk about that this year. We're going to talk about it through several episodes Today, we're just going to talk about some Bible things because it is Theology Tuesday. And again, I hope you had a good vacation. I took a little bit of time off from this myself because honestly, I needed a break. It's been a busy year for me doing this and my actual job. And uh, if you do want to help, if you want to support, if you want to check out more episodes, there's a bunch of them lined up at churchpublic.com. You can connect with us on Instagram, Twitter at churchpublic, uh, also Facebook at churchpublic. And we're just going to continue to try and grow this platform because I believe there's a need. I believe there's a need out there for people to understand what is going on in this world. And there's a need for people, the bigger need, as is my heart and maybe some of yours, the bigger need is that God loves you and God wants to connect with you. And if you are a believer already, God wants to use you to be the light of the world, to be a hope in a dark place, to use your life as an example to those around you as you follow Jesus and people see that in your life and and maybe you can have those conversations and introduce them to Jesus and, and grow these relationships. So that's the goal. That's the hope. That's the hope for this year. And as I was uh, kind of looking into and looking forward to this new year, what it was going to bring. I came across one of my uh, favorite verses coming from Paul uh, and his letter to the Corinthians. Um, this is out of Second Corinthians 5. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And man, I love Paul. You've probably heard that if you've listened to me at all, but I, I just love the way that he thinks. I love that way, the way he is bold, the way that he presents the gospel. And this is no exception. He just reminds us in these moments when we are down, in these moments when it seems like maybe the world is against us, the government is against us, who knows? I mean, everything sometimes I know feels like it's against you, but we can have hope because if you are in Christ, you are not stuck in your old ways. I, talk, I hear people talk about resolutions. Personally, I'm not a resolution type person. And the reason is this. I don't want to wait until the end of the year to make a resolution. I don't want to create a moment at the beginning of the year to do a resolution. What I like to do is realize, like Paul is saying here, you are new. You are brand new uh, in Christ. And so what do you do today? Today is your resolution. Today is the day that you get to live in Christ and in this new that he has created. You you don't have to live in the old. You don't have to live in your old habits. You don't have to live in your old hangups. You can be new because in Christ you are made new. The new is here, he says. And I love that. And I, and I want us to hold on to that as we move into this new year, realizing that Regardless of what has happened in the past that is holding us down, holding us back, we can lean into it and we can be new, this creation in Christ and become who, in fact, God has created you from the beginning to be. There is verse after verse that reminds us that God formed you uh, in the womb and that God knew who you were going to be before you were born. And in Ephesians, it says, He created good things for you to do before you were born. He has a plan for you. Uh, He has not forgotten you. He has not left you. And there are new and exciting things both for you to do and for you to become. Because as you probably know, we're kind of broken in this world. We have this nature that leads us to make mistakes. But God has created us to follow after him and to become more like him and to become more like Christ. And that's this new creation that Paul reminds us of in this Corinthians passage. So questions that I had at the beginning are are questions that I've been having with many people, uh, church leaders, church attenders, and just people that I meet um, about this new normal and whatever. But but really, let's not think about new normal. Let's think about what are we going to do if, if this is really what it is and there will be changes this year, just like there were changes last year. And who knows what those are going to be? But what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your year? And you have the choice to lean into that, to think about that, to make some decisions, to be intentional. Because if anything, I would love to encourage you to be intentional with your life and to do something more, maybe even than you've done before. There are so many stories in the Bible of things changing, and and often for the better, um, but a lot of these stories involve God calling people into places they don't know, and they don't understand, and they don't have the tools or preparation for. Abraham's a great example. He was asked to leave his homeland, leave his family, and head out into this new place that he didn't know. Joseph, uh, I mean, he wasn't asked to go there, but he ended up in Egypt, and then he was responsible for bringing his whole family out of the land that they knew into Egypt. Moses, of course, led the people from slavery in Egypt into, eventually, after some wilderness experience, the promised land. 
And of course, the biggest change to this earth that we just celebrated through Christmas is the advent of Jesus, who changed the very dynamics of spirituality, the very dynamics of the world, the very way we interact with God. Now, it I have to say, people don't like change. You probably don't like change. Sometimes I don't like change. And maybe all of this change has left you exhausted. Uh, we are open sometimes, we're closed, we're locked down, we're free, we're not free, we can worship, we have to stay at home, we can work, we're unemployed. There's so much that has happened this last year that I've talked to a lot of people who are just exhausted by all the change and and just want something to be the same. And I think that's where this feeling of, hey, let's get back to normal comes from. They're just exhausted and, and, and tired and just, hey, just let's get back to where I can relax, right? But unfortunately, that's not necessarily the way that things go. Instead of worrying of what about the things that have happened, or instead of fearing this new, the unknown, the change, we need to focus on this God who never changes, the God who is the same today, yesterday, forever. And God, he is not only a good God, but he's also the author of every good and perfect thing, as James tells us in the first chapter of his book. And it's not only God making us new, but someday God will make everything new. And we hear from uh, we hear from John in his book Revelation, chapter twenty one. We talk about all things new, and um, we're not going to talk about Revelation today because there's a there's a lot there, and it's it's very complicated. At some point this year, I hope to to go through some of that. But right now, what I want to talk about again is is just this overview of the year and this overview of culture and. One of the problems I've seen growing in our culture is a lack of memory of the past. Again and again, God shows up for his people, and we can read about that in the Bible. I just gave you three examples before that you can go read about today and and what happened in Abraham and Joshua and Moses and how God provided for them. And maybe even in your own life, God has showed up for you. I know that's true for me in my life, and I can point back to those moments, and I've kept journals and notes and messages to myself to remind me so I don't forget what God has done for me. Because it's so easy for us to forget, and then we get stuck in these moments, and we think, God has abandoned me, I'm all alone, there's nothing to do and nothing to hope for, and that's just not true. God has not left you, he has not abandoned you, and he is caring for you. So sometimes we need to remember these things. And and there are some good examples of of how we remember these things in the Bible. Um, in, in fact, I have a small wall in my backyard that that fell over um, and in, in the beginning of this year. And it actually happened before all these shutdowns and everything. But as a family, we decided to rebuild the wall when we were locked in our house and had to get out. And I have four kids and you have to entertain four kids or else you do actually go crazy. So we decided to build this wall stone by stone. And... Again, it's just a small wall, but it holds back a small hill, and and it's important. Um, but what I love about this small ball and all of the big work that it took, it just reminds me as I look out that piece by piece, 
we set that wall up and it was an experience our family did. And for me, it even signifies how God has provided for us this year. We were able to be together as a family this year and do funny little projects like that. But but it's important and and those relationships are are so much more important. And I can look at this wall and and know how much work we put into it. And you look at it and you don't think about it uh, if you didn't know and if you weren't there. But my family knows how much work we put into it, even though it's a small wall. And it's a reminder of looking and and we can look in. I, I go one step beyond because I think about these spiritual things, but just how much God um, has provided this year and how much God has 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 taken care of us and held back some of those even worse things. And I don't know what those are, but I know that even through some of the things that happened, that God is still good and God is still watching out for me and you. And he He watches out for us and he takes care of us. He's so much stronger and bigger than that wall. And he holds back so much pain and evil from us. So I look at that wall and I remember, I'm, I'm thankful of how much God has provided for me and my family. One of my favorite songs it's an old hymn called Come Thou Fount, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And there's a stanza that begins, Here I raise my Ebenezer. And of course, throughout my childhood, growing up with that hymn, I just thought that was a funny word, because it is. Ebenezer is a funny word. Or Ebenezer screws, right, from the Christmas carol. Um, but it actually has some great meaning to it. And Ebenezer is this Hebrew word for the stone of help. And, and here's, here's why that is important. The this, this stone of help is, is like this pile of stones that when something really good had happened, or especially in the Bible, something that God had done, a way that God had provided for you, you would make literally a pile of stones so that every time you walk by that, just like I look at my wall, every time you, look, you walk by and you look at it and you go, oh yeah, I remember I remember what God did for me then. And I remember that God is still in control. He still loves me. He's still looking out for me. And it's just this small, visible thing, this reminder. Um, that, that's why when the hymn writer says, Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come. I know that's some old language, but it, it means I came this way only because of your help, God, right? And, and there's several stories in the Bible about that. Uh, one of them is in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 7. And there's another story in Joshua, Joshua 1 through 5. Uh, and, and again, there's some in Genesis. We'll talk about those in a second. But, but these stories, like I, I like the Joshua one. We'll talk about that for a second. They finally, we've talked about Moses in other episodes, but you know Moses led the people out of the desert. And then they were in, I'm sorry, he led the people out of Egypt into what was supposed to be the promised land, but because of a lot of things, and you can go read these stories, um, they didn't make it to the promised land for another 40 years. And so finally, Joshua is leading them into the promised land, and they have to make it through this Jordan River, and it's a it's a, a difficult river crossing. And again, you can go read about that in Joshua chapters maybe one through five. And they end up making it through, and so they make this pile of stones so that every time they walk by, they'll know that God has delivered them not only from Egypt, but through the wilderness and through all these other uh, adventures that they had in the wilderness. And finally, they're moving into the promised land. And there's more to come. But they also did this other, this is kind of a funny, interesting story. They also not only did one pile of stones there, they did two pile of stones. The second pile of stones was kind of in the middle, it says, of the river, where the Ark of the Covenant went through. And again, go and read it. It might make more sense. But but it's, it's very interesting because God had stopped the waters from going through 
to allow the Israelites to pass. And then they make this pile of stones, even in the middle. So like, so saying, right, we're in the middle of this storm, literally in the middle of this rushing river and, and might not even make it. And then God creates this miracle and stops the waters. And so in the middle of that miracle spot, they pile these stones to remember that God is faithful. And I love that. And, and we need to do that. We need to remember what God has done, especially in these hard times, because it's in these hard times that we really need to remember what God has done for us and remember how God is still fighting for us and making a way for us. And Again, there's there's stories of Jacob piling stones in Genesis 28 and Genesis 31 and Genesis 35. And then, of course, finally, we can't end this um, Ebenezer, this remembrance stone without talking about Jesus. Because, of course, Jesus is referred to as the cornerstone. And he is the solid rock and the very foundation of our spiritual life. And I think God has done this imagery intentionally. We, we, we just, we have this problem where we cannot remember things and, and, and it's not, it's not new to us now. It's been a thing for as long as humans have been around. We just forget what has gone before and we do that with history. And that's part of why I'm doing this now, because we have to remember what has happened in history, but we also especially have to remember what God has done throughout history and what God has done even in your personal history. Write things down. I have lists and lists of things that God has done because if I don't, I won't remember it. And and in general, I just write everything down because uh, I, I can't remember anything if I don't write it down. And that's just, that's my personality and whatever. I'm always thinking of the next thing and I'm always moving forward. And if I don't stop and remember what I'm supposed to do just to maintain a normal life, I just won't remember these things. And but in these spiritual episodes, in these spiritual moments where God shows up, you've got to just remember what those are. And that's why even in the first book in Genesis, uh, the Bible reminds us to remember. And I've spent decades studying the Bible, studying history, studying culture and humanity, and I want to remember it. And I want to learn from it. And I want to avoid mistakes of the past. And I want to help you with that too. And I am certainly not the smartest guy there is. So I turn to people who lived better and longer and were more educated and more traveled and more wise. And of course, the source of all knowledge and wisdom is Jesus. Jesus is even introduced in the very first verses of John's gospel as the eternal living word, the logos, the very source of of truth himself. So this year, as we heard from Paul and we heard his his statement that you are a new creation, what is going to be your new life? How are you going to live and how are you going to show this new life to the world? Will you be discouraged by this past year's trouble? Will you be fearful of the coming year's uncertainty? Or will you lean into the source of your new life, the foundation stone of Jesus that holds you up even through these storms of life. Maybe you should even commemorate this new year and how far God has brought you through his grace, through this last year, through the rest of your life, maybe through a certain circumstance. Make your own Ebenezer, make your own pile of stones to remind you of what God has done in your backyard or on a path somewhere or on a mountain somewhere. Just go and do it and and go and make this pile of stones and then live. Live in the new life that God has given you. Um, 
He wants to prosper you. He wants you not only to survive, but to thrive. Jesus says, I want to give you life and life abundantly, abundantly, not just living in fear, not cowering in a corner, not worried that at any moment you're going to die. That's not how we are supposed to live. We're supposed to live as we have this hope and this future with Jesus in eternity. That's how we're supposed to live. So I hope for you that this is a great year. I do wish a happy new year to you, but more than that, I wish that this is a fruitful year in God and in his blessing, and I pray his blessing upon you, and as always, I hope that you keep the faith. We'll talk to you next time. As always, thanks for tuning in to Church Public. You can check us out at churchpublic.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Church Public, and send me a message if you want. If you have any questions, I would love to hear them. We will continue doing this as long as we can. And as always, keep the faith.